on the first all together now more about Jesus would I know more of his grace to others show more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me more more about Jesus more more about Jesus more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me on the second now more about Jesus let me learn more of his holy will discern spirit of God my teacher be showing the things of Christ to me more more about Jesus more more about Jesus more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me amen let's turn around in fellowship shake hands with those that are visiting tonight
All together on the last verse. All together ready now. More about Jesus on his throne. Riches in glory all his own. More of his kingdom sure increase. More of his coming prince of peace. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness seen. More of his love who died for me. Well, are you glad to be in the house of the Lord on Wednesday night? Say amen. I hope everybody likes our new look in the lobby. We wanted to do something with the rustic appearance. And uh, all they need to do is now just polish the floor and we'll have the lobby done. But it looks good, don't it? Amen. No, what happened is you didn't give enough and we run out of money. That's, that's, we had to stop there. <laughs> hey, do what, Edith? Okay, yeah. I give my share, woman. I promise you. Amen. But uh, no, it, we got it messed up for a few days out there as they're getting all the materials coming in. But we're excited about getting there. And we're just a few weeks away, and they'll have it knocked out. But we're glad you're here tonight. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless the uh, service tonight. Let's honor and uh, ask the Lord to honor the service. Let's pray. Father, what a joy it is to be able to come to the house of the Lord in the middle of the week and just to come here and just to take a few moments out of this week just to sit and let you speak to us and to give us a refreshing in the middle of the week. What a joy it is to be able to come to the house of God with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We ask you now that you might touch this service and anoint this service and use it now to give us what we need and then all the activities that are going on for the uh, youth as they're meeting in their services tonight and then for the class that follows we pray that you'll just honor the Lord Jesus in everything that's done continue to bless the music now in Jesus name amen let's continue to sing page 572 he keeps me singing there's within my heart a melody Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still. In all of life's ebb and flow. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. Keeps me singing as I go. On the second now. All my life was wrecked by sin and strife. Discord filled my heart with pain. Jesus swept across the broken strings, stirred the slumbering chords again. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my the starry sky I shall wing my flight to worlds unknown I shall reign with him on high Jesus 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 
Jesus, sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Thank you. You may be seated. Amen. Let's let our ushers come forward to receive our offering and Everything you give on Wednesday nights, it goes to our Bible conference, and we are just a few weeks away. I want several of you to be thinking now and praying about helping and all the things we have, especially some of you ladies help us in the meals, the breakfast, the lunch, and then the meal after the services. And we're going to need a lot of help, and so I want you to start thinking about it and making plans to volunteer when we ask for volunteers. But you give, and I know the Lord will bless you. There's several already calling in. We've got several already scheduled to be here and coming. So uh, your giving uh, makes it possible for us to be able to do this. So let's give now, and you give in a special way. Cliff Fletcher, ask the Lord's blessings on the offering. Yes. 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 Amen. Pray for me. Y'all pray for me. Uh, this song, uh, I wrote this song after something Brother Rick said about Christ not being on the cross anymore. And uh, I started thinking about a lot of places he's not anymore in the song that goes into that. But I'm, I'm glad Jesus Christ is in my heart now. And uh, uh, please pray for me. <laughs> On the cross, Oops. on the cross, the Lamb of God was hung before the world. 
is gruesome death to see. Innocent blood was shed there for you and me. The sin debt was paid at He's not there anymore. The cross holds him no more. All the prophecy fulfilled upon Golgotha's hill, and he's not there anymore. After he died, they took his Wondering why their earthly king had died in the tomb. It seemed as though it was over. They rolled back the stone, sealing their king inside. He's not there anymore. He's opened the door. Defeated death and hell in days. Then the Son of God was raised, and He's not there anymore. All my life, I've been searching for some Praise the Lord, he's not there anymore, amen. 
Take your Bible and be finding the book of John chapter 8. The book of John chapter 8. I'm going to have you look at about four verses of Scripture with me tonight. One from John 8. And then we'll be going to the book of Luke. Also 2 Corinthians and the book of Philippians. And I want to focus up on one word and share with you a thought tonight. Let me remind you that after the service, and I will be cutting just a few minutes short in here so that uh, you can go next door. And I hope that many of you will go to the class. It's, uh, we're using a video series by Dennis Rainey. It has to do with building your mate's self-esteem. And we'll be looking at for four Wednesday nights on the foundations for building your mate's self-esteem. And they last about 25 minutes, so it's not very long. So you want to go next door to the Belvin Family Life Center. We've got all the young people in the back, so we'll be meeting over there. And, but you'll enjoy that. So I trust and would encourage you to go. Even if you're just dreaming about getting a mate one day, at least you can get ready for it and get equipped for it. Amen? But uh, you go next door after that and try to make the next three weeks for that. So let's remember uh, that activity afterwards. Let's stand as we honor the reading of His Word. There's one verse of Scripture, and that's found in John 8, verse 29. And there is a word that is found there that I want us to take and look at tonight. And I want us to think about just the thought always. The Bible talks about things that we are to always be doing. We find them characterized in the life of Jesus. We find them just direct words of admonition that are given to us. But I want to put out or present to you four things tonight that we ought always to be doing. But look at verse 29, <clears throat> the book of John chapter 8. The scripture said, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. You find the word always in that last statement, and you find the first of four thoughts I'll share with you tonight. For I do always those things that please Him. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's pray. And tonight, for just a little while, let's think about this one word, always. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you that you're not on the cross. I want to thank you, Lord, that you're not even in the tomb. And I thank you, Lord, that you're no longer standing outside my life, but that I've opened my heart and let you in. And I thank you, Lord, for each one in this room that has done the same thing. And what a glorious day it was when we let Jesus Christ into our lives. Because we've let him into our lives, and there are certain responsibilities that we have, and there are certain attitudes that we ought to possess. And we find these, Lord, in the one word that we'll consider tonight and the thoughts that surround this word. And so I pray now that the Spirit of God might freshly anoint us. And for the next few moments, may we just be reminded of what we should always be doing as a child of God. So speak to us now, and we'll praise you and thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me say this at the very beginning, that the Christian life is more than a weekend affair. Would you not agree with me? There are many that have the ideal that being a Christian is going to church on Sunday. But I want you to realize tonight that that may be involved in the Christian life, but you do not narrow the Christian life down to just attending church on Sunday. You see, the Christian life is more than a weekend affair. It is a 24-7 affair. It is every day of our lives. It is being a Christian, in fact, our whole life, the way we think, the way we feel, 
the way we look at things, the way we evaluate things, everything about our life is affected by our relationship with Jesus Christ. In other words, Christianity is something that occurs every minute of our life. Not just a weekend, but Monday through Sunday. Every day, 24 hours a day. Well, saying that, I think about a word that is given to us in the Scriptures, and it's the word always. And you might say that the Christian life is a quote-unquote always matter. And by that, I simply mean there are certain things that ought always to be true about our life or certain things that we ought always to be doing as a believer. So I want us to ask the question tonight, what should we always be doing? Let me point out four things, and the first one is found in our text in John 8 and verse 29. Write these four simple things down, put them in your Bible, and remember them as something that you ought always to be doing. The first one is this. As a Christian, I ought always to be pleasing God. The Christian life is a matter in which I am to always please God in my life. In John 8, 29, you have the example of Christ. Peter talks about how his life is an example, and we are to follow his life in every little detail. But verse 29, Jesus made this statement, For I do always those things that please him. Now, Jesus was saying that everything he did was to please God. He was saying that always, every minute, every hour of the day, and every little detail of his life, in the way that he thought, in the way that he felt, in the things that he did, Jesus was saying that he sought to please the Father. And he made the statement there, I always please him. And every moment of his life, he was pleasing God. Now, may I submit to you tonight, that's the way to evaluate life. Now, if you really want to evaluate your life tonight and get a good view at your life and what it should be and what it really is, then put it to this test. Do I always please God? Do I please God in everything that I do? I am mindful that many times we're out to please self. We want to do what we want to do. We want to do our will. We have our goals. We have our ambitions. We have our ideals about things. We're motivated by our own selfish desires. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be that. And many times we seek to please self, to satisfy ourselves and what we want to do. At other times we seek to please others. And many times we're driven by what others think. And we're motivated by what others will think about us. And I realize it's very important, our testimony, what other th others think. But you should not be driven or motiva motivated by what others think. It's not a matter of pleasing self. It's not a matter of pleasing others. The standard to apply to your life is this. Am I pleasing God? Am I pleasing God in my life? Am I pleasing God in what I do? Am I pleasing God with what I think? Am I pleasing God with my feelings and how I feel about things and how I think about things? Is my thoughts toward others? Is my thoughts about the day? Is my thoughts pleasing to God? Is my feelings about what I'm doing, what I should be doing, or about others, about the church, even about the work of God? Am I pleasing God in this matter? Is my life pleasing to God? Am I submitted to the will of God? It's a good standard to apply, and it's something that we ought always to be doing. Just like Jesus, we're to follow his example and be able to say, I always do those things that please him. So one of the things you ought always to do is please God. The second one is found in Luke 18, 1. 
Look in the book of Luke chapter 18. Not only should we always please God, but in Luke chapter 18 verse 1, second of all, we ought always to pray or always to pray to God. In the book of Luke chapter 18, a very familiar parable, notice what Jesus had to say. He gives us another always, Luke 18, 1. Jesus spake this parable unto them to this end, that men ought always, there's our word again, ought always to pray and not to faint. Now the word faint that is used there is a word that just simply means to get discouraged. And Jesus is telling us that we are to pray and not get discouraged. And the ideal is that if we don't pray, discouragement will follow. The reason we get discouraged in our Christian life and the reason I get discouraged, I can mark it down, I haven't been where I ought to be with God and had been spending the time with the Lord. But here is another thing that we ought always to do. Like Jesus said, everything that he did, he was always pleasing God. Jesus now gives us a parable about how we ought always to pray. Now what does it mean to always to pray? Is it meaning that every minute of my life I am to be on my knees in prayer? No, it wouldn't mean that because that would be impossible. But the ideal of always praying is a matter of staying in a spirit of prayer, always being in a spirit of prayer. It's not that every minute that you are praying, but that prayer is such an important part of your life that when certain things cross your mind, that you just begin to pray. It's not a matter you have to think about it or make a note to pray. It's just a spontaneous part of your life. You live in a constant spirit of prayer. You pray about things. As you, certain things cross your mind, you begin to pray for them. Not out loud all the time, but in your heart, in your mind, you seek God. It is always in the spirit of prayer. It is a matter of spending time with God, always having that daily time with the Lord always getting along somewhere with God in the middle of your busy day, and we're all busy and have 101 things to do, but somewhere in the day, you're going to get along with God. And you do that always. You do that on a regular basis. It is a matter of praying about all things. Whatever touches your life, you pray about them. It's not a matter that prayer is your last resort. And it's not just that prayer is an, an avenue whereby you get out from trouble, but prayer is a matter of taking everything to God. And I believe we ought to take everything to God in prayer and get His advice about the matter, don't you? I, well, I don't care what it is, school, where you go to college, uh, your job, whatever you do, I think you ought to pray about it. Lay it before God. Lord, what is your will? What is your plan for my life here? Does this please you? It is seeking God in every little detail of life. You ought always to pray. That's what Jesus said. He gave a story about a woman and her importunity there, how she continually came to Christ. But he began the parable by saying that we ought always to pray. So what should we always be doing as a believer? One, we ought always to be pleasing God. Two, we ought always to be praying. All right, turn to the third one. That's found in 2 Corinthians 9. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, I want you to notice verse 8. Thirdly, we ought always be proving God. Always pleasing, always praying, and always proving God. Look in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. Notice what the scripture said. And God is able. This is one of those verses in the Bible that magnifies the ability of God. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, 
that ye now notice, always having all sufficiency in all things may abound every good work. Now look at that statement there, always having all sufficiency in all things. He just talked about God being able. And God being able to make grace abound in your direction. God been able to meet your need. God been able to give you just what you need for whatever you're going through in life. And then, all, and then he makes a statement, it always having all sufficiency. Or if I may put it this way, always proving that God is able to make grace abound in your direction. That would be another way of interpreting that statement there, always having all sufficiency. It is always proving the sufficiency that God has promised you. Now, I want you to understand tonight, God is able. Do you believe that? And I believe this tonight, just like the Scripture said, that God is able to make grace abound towards you. It doesn't matter what your situation is in life, God is able to make grace abound towards you. And you are to prove that God is able and to prove that daily sufficiency of experiencing God's grace in your life. Whether it be for the duties of life, grace for your daily duties, the things or responsibilities that you have in life. God is able to give you grace to meet the duties in life. God is able to give you grace to meet the demands of life. God is able to give you grace to meet the distresses of life. I know many of you have carried many, many burdens, and I know many of your burdens and the things you've gone through. I want you to know God is able to make grace abound in your direction. And God's able to give you grace. Now, what God wants you to always be doing is proving that grace in your life. Proving his sufficiency in your life. Again, I don't care whether it be the duties of life, the demands of life, or the distresses of life. God's able to give you grace to help you to bear those loads. So you are to always be proving God. But look at one more. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. The book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Here's one that everybody ought to learn. Again, Philippians 4, verse 4. We ought to be always pleasing, always praying, always proving. But in Philippians chapter 4, always praising God. For notice what the Scripture said in Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, there's something that I'm to always be doing. Three of them we've already noticed. I am to always please God no matter what I do. I am to always please God. If I do something that doesn't please God, it's wrong. I'm to always please God. I am always to pray every day of my life. I am to spend time with God. I am to seek God to bring every need and every issue of my life to God. I am to always pray, pray about everything. And I'm always to prove God, proving His ability, proving His sufficiency in any area of my life. But one of the things I am to always be doing as a believer is praising God. I am to always be a believer that gives praise to God. Now you say, Brother Kim, but you don't know what I'm going through. If you were going through what I was going through, you wouldn't praise God. Well, the Bible said in first, or rather, first, yeah, first Thessalonians 5, verse 18, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, that in everything you give thanks. In other words, it's the will of God for you. And I am to always praise God in everything. Now, I've often explained it this way. I've used that verse many, many times in a funeral. That one verse, this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, 
that in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, the Scripture said. I've used that in a funeral many times. You say, how can you use that in a funeral? Well, I've talked about how in everything you can give thanks to God. We may not give thanks for everything, but you can give thanks in everything. Boy, such as when I've used that verse in a funeral. We can give thanks for the memories we have of our loved ones. We can give thanks that they are saved. We can give thanks that we're going to see them again, and the list goes on and on and on. What I'm saying is this. I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you're going through. You can give thanks in that situation. You may not give thanks for the disease that you have, but you can give thanks in that disease that there is a God that will make His grace known to you. And you can give thanks there's a God that will not let you down. And there is a God that you can turn to. There's a God that you can trust in. You can give thanks in every situation of life. And that's what He wants us to be doing. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I am to rejoice at all times. I am to rejoice in all things. In other words, you know what you're supposed to be doing tonight? Rejoicing. Is that not right? Now, I don't mean that you're always feeling so high that you're going to jump pews and swing off the lights. Now, that wouldn't hurt once in a while. But I'm meaning that every, always, that you are to be giving thanks to God. You're to be praising God. Praising God in the good times. Praising God in the bad times. Always praising God. I love one of my favorite characters in history. It's a, it's a man by the name of Billy Bray. From the uh, Cornwall area of England, if you look at a map of England, right down here on this little tip, stretches out into the Atlantic, Atlantic Ocean there. They call that Cornwall. Mostly coal mining it was for many, many years. I've had the privilege of being in Cornwall and going to the little church that Billy Bray pastored out to his grave and different things, many sites connected to Billy Bray. Never got out of the Cornwall area, but Billy Bray was known for his praise. And he always praised God. In fact, everything he did was praising God. And I mean, folks got upset with him and, and he said, down here you're a doubter, but in heaven you're going to be a shouter. And he just praised God everywhere he went. He named one foot hallelujah and one foot praise the Lord. He said, when I walk down the street, I want my feet to be saying hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Someone said, Billy, what if you find out that uh, you died and went to hell and you were you're deceived all the time? He said, I'm going to hit the city limits of hell hollering, Jesus, where are you, Jesus? And he said, the devil, come along and say, you can't talk about him down here, you're going to have to leave. But he was praising God all the time. I mean, just praising God all the time always praising the Lord. And that's what he's known for. That's what he's remembered for, is he always praised God. Well, may I say that everybody ought to be a Billy Bray believer, always praising God. Write these four things down. Put them in your heart. We'd always be pleasing, always praying, always proving, and always praising God. These are things that I am to always be doing in my life as a child of God. In other words, through this day, ask yourself this question. Have I pleased God today? Have I prayed to God today? Have I proved the sufficiency of God today? Have I given praise to God today? That if not, then you've come short of your 
always, always please Him, always pray to Him, always prove Him, and always praise Him. Amen? Take your prayer sheet. Look at it for just a moment. Those are four good thoughts just to put in your heart and carry around with you. Always praising the Lord. Two or three things I want to make mention of. Of course, we want to remember our faith classes. We are in our second step of faith. And when I say a step of faith, I'm talking about our second semester of evangelistic training. And I'm really excited about it. We got off to a great start last week in our orientation class. Tomorrow night we get right into the meat of things. We've got seven leaders this semester of faith. And, of course, Terry. You want to remember Terry. He's in Decula, Georgia this week. I think you pronounced that right, Decula. And just outside of Atlanta, he's in a faith clinic. He's, well, probably, he's probably going out even right now. Uh, with uh, a faith team out of the church down there. So I want to remember him. And he'll be back tomorrow night joining his team in faith. But I'm excited about it. I've got seven leaders and 14 learners in faith this semester. And so I want you to be praying for them as they'll be going out week after week and for the commitment they have made over the next 15 weeks. But be praying for the faith classes and our faith teams, seven different faith teams going out every week. Remember them, be praying for them. Let's remember our emphasis on August, on Sunday morning. Uh, we're talking about home improvement. This past Sunday morning, we talked about improving love in a marriage. And this Sunday morning, we're going to talk about improving romance in a marriage. Won't that be good? Say amen right there. I'm excited about it already. Amen. And uh, romance, getting romantic. You fellas say, you, I know what you ladies say. You say, that's wonderful. I know what you fellas are thinking. That's awful. But anyway, we're going to talk about we're improving romance in the marriage, but you want to be here Sunday as we continue emphasizing and building our homes and improving our homes. But I want you to look at your prayer sheet, and let's remember tonight these special requests. Of course, our missionary of the week is Bill and Carolyn Waldrop, and they're serving in Nueva Laredo, uh, close to Brother Frankie, and uh, several of our people have met the Waldrops, and they're good folk. Let's pray for them tonight in Mexico. Pray that the Lord will bless them. And then our church of the week is Zion Hill Baptist Church in Mary, North Carolina, Brother Tom Walker. And he was with us last year, visited in our Bible conference, coming back, coming back again this year. Uh, good, good brother, good church. Let's remember Zion Hill tonight and Brother Walker be praying for him. And then our hospital is Bonnie Gross. This is Frank Shirley's mother. She's at, he's, she's at Erlanger Hospital. She had to have surgery and then they had to go back in again and want to be praying for her. Also, Joanne Wyndham. And uh, Joanne is the lady that has to have the oxygen all the time, and she's having problems again with her uh, breathing and different things. Let's remember Joanne and pray for her and pray the Lord will touch her. Irma Whitfield, she's in a room now, and we praise the Lord for that, but continue to lift her up. Special request given to us, a special request for a Kimberly Wills. She's 40 years old and has cancer, and she is not doing well, so I want to remember her. And also Sister Pat, you know, she's not here tonight. Her father had... Uh, open-heart surgery today in Winston-Salem, and I think it was an emergency-type thing, so they left yesterday afternoon going to North Carolina, so her father was having surgery today, so let's remember Pat and Tommy and also uh, her father and pray for her. And then, of course, uh, continue to pray for James and Woody Orr. Uh, their brother's funeral was today in Rainsville, Alabama, and uh, Billy Ross. So let's remember James. Dropped by and saw him today. He's doing good. He got to come home. But let's remember Jimmy and let's be praying for him. The Lord continue to give him strength as well as comfort the hearts of all of the family. Let's all come together around the altar. Let's pray for the Waldrop family. 
Let's pray for Zion Hill Baptist Church. Let's pray now for all the events that are coming up. Let's pray for the emphasis that we have. Uh, classes, excited about some of the classes we're up on Sunday. We're trying to, everybody encouraging everybody to get people in Sunday school. Work hard, bring folks to Sunday school. We're going to be visiting several prospects tomorrow night. Trying to get them here on Sunday in our faith team. So uh, remember all these and let's really work hard to get folks here on Sunday. And uh, all the emphasis, the Bible conference coming up. Uh, let's pray for all these things. And so remember all this. All of you will. Just come. Let's gather around the altar and take these things to God. Ask the Lord to work these four things in your heart that they will become a part of your life always. Will you do that? Let's come and gather around the altar and let's talk to the Lord tonight. Amen. Our Father, in Jesus' name, what a privilege it is to be able to talk to you. And what a privilege it is to be able to come to you. And what a privilege it is to be able to bring the burdens upon our heart as well as prayer requests and needs. You teach us to always to pray, to live in a spirit of prayer, to prayer to be a very, very important part of our daily life. We pray, God, tonight as we come to follow your word and your commands. We ask you, Lord, to help us to be pleasing to you, that we are always doing that which pleases you and proving your sufficiency and proving your ability. And Lord, just giving you praise. We thank you tonight. We just lift up our hearts and hands to you to say, blessed be your name for all you've done. But our fathers, we cry out to you tonight. We come to bring these matters to you. We pray for the Waldrop family in Mexico. And Father, we thank you for Bill and Carolyn and the years of service they've given to you. We pray for Laredo Baptist Temple and then for the churches across the border that they have a part in. Bless their ministry and use them there in that very, very difficult area. God bless them and use them for your honor and glory. Thank you, Brother Tom. Thank you for his ministry. Thank you for his friendship. Thank you, Lord, for the church, Zion Hill. Bless it, Lord. We thank you for the light that it's been in that area for these numbers of years. A landmark church, a pillar in that community. Bless it, Lord, and continue to bless that ministry there. Bless the ministry that Brother Tom has, a ministry that literally stretches across the country and around the world through his Internet ministry. God bless him. And use him, Lord, for the glory of God. And I pray, Lord, they experience the wonderful blessings of God. For our folk that are in the hospital, touch them. Thank you for answering prayer and for meeting needs in the lives of so many of our folks, even just this week. Continue to touch those who have need of you physically. We pray for Juanita Warnick at home. We pray, dear God, for those who have recently lost loved ones, for the Dantzler, for Jimmy and Woody. Comfort their hearts. And then, Lord, those that are doing better, yet in the hospital, we continue to lift them up to you. Thank you for touching Irma and sparing her life. Continue to strengthen her. And then for the others, Lord, each one of them, I pray you would move and bless. A special request given to us tonight for this young lady dying of cancer. I pray, dear God, you'd be with her, be at the family, be with them in this very difficult hour. Many of us have been there, and we've seen and experienced, oh Lord, those trying hours of giving up loved ones. So I pray, Lord, you bless. 
Father, we lift up all that you're doing here. We pray for Sunday. There'll be a rich anointing of God upon the services. Build our homes and our relationships. I pray, Lord, you bless the class tonight, that it be beneficial to those that attend. I pray, Lord, you bless their faith teams as they go out tomorrow night. Thank you, Lord, for these that have made this commitment to give the next 15 weeks to learn and equip themselves to become a witness for Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the commitment they have made, and indeed it is a commitment. But we thank you, Lord, that for the next 15 weeks, teams will be going out telling folks about Christ, going out and sharing the gospel and ministering to other people. God, continue to bless faith and this second semester of faith. And Father, I pray you bless all the ministries and all that's going on. Lord, I pray for the Bible conference. God, visit us during that week. We wait before you and we come with those that will come in. Father, everything about the conference, may it just be ministry from those who serve the tables to those who cook the food to those that sing in the choir to those that do the special music. Lord, to those that moderate the services, whatever it is, dear Lord, may it be a week of ministry, a week of giving to others that they might get from you. And I know, Lord, if we'll give, that you'll bless us and you'll give to us in a multiplied way. But Father, bless the meeting. May it be a week of refreshing, a week of revival, a week of meeting you. God, touch Brother Tom, the others that'll speak, all those, Lord, I just pray you bless. I take this place, anoint it, make it holy ground. Do something in all of our hearts. In the lovely name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. Are you glad to be saved? Amen. Praising the Lord. You're dismissed. We'll meet you next door. We'll start over there in about seven to ten minutes. So you make your way across the street in the center room of the Family Life Center.